Well, greetings, brothers and sisters, in the name of Christ. I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me now to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Paul's first epistle to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're going to be looking at the first three verses together. Since we were together last, um, a lot of things have changed in my life. Uh, a lot of things have changed in our congregational life at Christ Church. A lot of things have changed personally for us, and maybe a lot of things have changed, are changing even for you now. But here's one sure thing. God has not changed. His promises endure forever. And we know that from his unchanging word, which we are going to hear right now. The word of the Lord stands forever. So let's pay close attention to the word of the Lord, for his promises are true. Here now, the infallible, inspired, inerrant word of God, read now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's ask the Lord to add a blessing to the hearing of his word. Our great and glorious God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have Proclaimed it to us this evening in our singing and also in our praying, Lord, we also ask that as we've heard your word read, Lord, we'd open our hearts to receive it with joy, knowing that you have given it to your people by your grace, through your apostles who have been called by your son to proclaim the mighty deeds and the glorious works that you have brought into the world, especially through the word made flesh, your son. Lord, may we be attentive to him now as we hear your word preached and proclaimed for the edification of our spirits and our souls and our bodies, that we might live as you have called us to live, holy lives before you as your people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This evening, I just wanted us to look at these three verses as an introduction to the book of 1 Corinthians to set up for us an understanding of what follows in Corinthians, but yet more specifically, that Paul roots... Everything he's going to say in the book of Corinthians, in the book of 1 Corinthians, in what he has already proclaimed to the church. He roots everything that's going to follow in his instruction, in his correction, and in his teaching. It's all going to be rooted in the reality that God has called this church, particularly to be his people in a specific place and time. But they are to be his people in this specific place and time to live holy lives, to live as God's chosen people, also called to be saints. Paul roots what he's going to teach them in the book of 1 Corinthians in the reality that they have been called into fellowship with God, and in that fellowship, they are called to be holy. What marks a holy people who've been called out by God to, from, from the world to fellowship with him. What marks them as a 
holy people? What marks them as a people called out? Well, Paul repeats the word called a couple different times in the passage as we see. But Paul starts with his own calling. He begins by saying to them, I who am writing to you, Paul the Apostle, he says more specifically, Paul called by the will of God to be a herald, to be a sent one out to proclaim with the authority of the Lord Jesus the good news of what God has done in and through the person of Jesus Christ. God has so willed it. God has so decreed it. God chose to ordain Paul, set apart Paul to this ministry as an apostle, as one sent with authority to proclaim Christ to the nations, specifically to the Gentiles. Now we hear that Paul, being a Jew, has a deep desire and a zeal and a, and a heart to see his kinsmen come to know Jesus, come to place their trust and their confidence in the Messiah. But what we saw, what we see in the book of Acts, specifically chapter 18, is that Paul does come to his kinsmen. He does go to the synagogue in Corinth, and he does proclaim the Christ, but they reject his, his announcement of glad tidings to those people. But what does Paul do? He says, you've rejected him. Now I go to the Gentiles. Now I will go to the nations and proclaim. And the Lord tells Paul there in Acts 18, don't lose heart. Don't be discouraged. I have many people in this city. He has many people who he's going to call to himself through the calling, the proclamation of the apostle Paul. Paul says, I have been called. I have been called out by God to proclaim Christ, sent with the authority of Christ to proclaim Christ. And the fruit of his proclamation is that when he came to Corinth and he boldly proclaimed the gospel, through his preaching, through his teaching, through his faithful laboring, heralding the gospel, the Lord God had called a people out from among the Gentiles to be his church. What does it mean to be the church? Verse 2 says, Paul's writing, to the church of God that is in Corinth. Literally, etymologically, the word church is the called out ones. They are the ones who are called out of the world into relationship with God. They are an assembly. They are a gathering. They are a body of people who've been called out of the world, called into relationship with God, into covenant with God. The church of God in Corinth, specifically in the city, is an assembly of saints who've been called out of the world, brought into covenant with God. Every church that exists in the world has been called out of the ordinary life of the world, called into covenant with Christ, and God puts his mark on that covenant people and says, you are my called out ones. You are my assembly. You are my covenant people. You, here at Second, are God's called out ones, the church of God in Indianapolis. The Corinthian church were the Corinthians called out of their normal, ordinary lives into a specific, particular assembly in covenant with God. What grace, what kindness that God would come to us 
through frail and feeble men like the Apostle Paul and announce to us the mighty works of what God has done for sinners like you and me. But not only to proclaim the bad news, but to proclaim the good news of how he redeems and reconciles us to himself. And not only just brings us in and, you know, puts up with us. He just merely befriends us. No, he calls us to himself, making covenant with us, adopting us into his family, bringing us out of the world into his household, into his fellowship, into the assembly where we are brought into right relationship with God. That is the church the assembly of those who are in covenant with the creator of the universe. You too, being the church, second Reformed Presbyterian church in Indianapolis, you also are the church, the assembled one, the called out ones of God here in this place. God has made covenant with you. He's made promises for you. He's made provision for you to be his people in relationship to him. But Paul goes on, you're not merely just the called out ones. We're not only called out from the world, we're called out for the world and set apart for a holy purpose. We're called out and set apart. We see it in verse 2 again. To the church of God that is in Corinth, the called out ones, to those sanctified, those set apart, those redeemed and made holy, those who have been sanctified, how? In Jesus Christ. God, in calling you to himself, has set you apart in the church for a holy purpose. He's brought you out of the world and put a mark on you saying, I have set you apart to serve, to live as my people in the world. Those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus are set apart to serve the one who sanctifies them. Those who are set apart in Christ are set apart so that they might be like the utensils in the temple, sanctified for a holy purpose to be used for sacrifice and cleansing and other rituals. You, too, have been sanctified just as the utensils in the temple were sanctified to a holy purpose for the priest to use. The great high priest, the Lord Jesus, has sanctified you for his service in the world and in the church. Again, what grace, what mercy, what compassion and kindness of our God. Not only to call us out of the world into relationship with itself, but he brings us in in order to sanctify us for a holy purpose. To serve him to give ourselves fully to him in Christ Jesus. You are not merely sanctified to be a tool. You are sanctified to proclaim and declare the one who sanctifies you, the one who purifies you, the one who makes you right before God. He who sanctifies you, sanctifies you so that you also might declare who he is. So we see that they are the called out ones. They're also set apart. They are set apart for what purpose? What purpose are we sanctified in the Lord Jesus Christ for? Well, verse 2 continues, To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those set apart, sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. Called out to be holy. 
The word saints for us comes with some baggage because of church history that we see that even Rome has set apart a particular special um, group of people who are saints, declared saints by the church after their death for the miracles that they worked on earth after they had appeared before the Rome. That's not the kind of saints we're talking about. It's not some future identity for you off in the off into eternity. No, he says, you were called to be saints now. You were called to be holy here. Just as he who called you is holy, you too be holy. You who have been called, sanctified, brought into covenant with God to be his holy ones. This is your calling as the people of God. This is your service unto him, to live holy lives. You have been called out for this purpose. You've been set apart for this purpose. You have been called to be holy. Where? Not somewhere in the future, but right here in your Corinth, in Indianapolis. Particularly right here in this neighborhood. In this time, in this place, as we've assembled, as we've gathered, as the people of God before the throne of God, we are called out, we are set apart to be holy before the Lord. But there's a particular clarification that Paul gives, and I think it's really very important for us to see. That you who are God's people, you who are the assembled congregation of the Lord, we're not alone. God loves you. He has set a particular blessing on you. But you're not it. You're not the only ones. The Lord has a global vision. The Lord has an international vision. The Lord has a pan-national goal for redeeming his people. You are not alone because you've been called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are not alone in our calling. God has so willed it by his grace and his mercy to bring you to this particular place in uh, in Indianapolis for this particular time to labor in this place for his glory while others are also laboring for the glory of God throughout the world. One of the things that the Corinthians will face is they take up this idea that we're the called out ones. We've been given the Holy Spirit. We've been reconciled to God. Aren't we special? Aren't we superior? Aren't we great? And this knowledge puffs them up. This knowledge makes them think so highly of themselves that they forget that they are merely a part of a global body in which God is redeeming calling to himself in the person and the work of Jesus Christ, namely through the preaching of the gospel. The Lord has called us to be holy in in and with among all those who call upon the name of the Lord. This is one of the most distinguishing marks of the church of God, that we are the assembled ones who realize that we didn't get here on our own. We didn't come into this right relationship by our own reason and rationale. 
we didn't get here because we're smarter than the rest of the world. We aren't sanctified. We aren't called. We aren't called to be holy because we got things right. No, we realize that we were called by a gracious God. And if we're going to continue in our calling, we must also continually call back up on that God as well as we continue to be his holy people. The people of God realize that it's all grace, all mercy, all kindness of the one who calls that gets them into the community of faith. We didn't get ourselves here. No, the Lord called us to himself. What's going to keep us going? How will we remain faithful? Well, it's the Lord who calls us, who sanctified us, who empowers us by his Holy Spirit. He will do it. He will keep you. But he invites you in your continuing sanctification to continually to call upon him for all the resources of grace that he provides. Acknowledging that he is sovereign. He is Lord. He is King. And we ought to submit to Him in joy, recognizing that we are here not because of any of our own doing or any one man's gifts or talents. We call upon the Lord because we are here because of what the Lord has done. He has called to us through His vessels, He has called to us through His instruments of the gospel, but it is the Lord who has called us. Therefore, we ought to call upon him in prayer, in trust, and in worship. As the called out ones, sanctified to be holy, we must continually call upon the Lord. And how do we do that? Remember those three things. Call out upon the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus through prayer. Bring your needs. Bring your desires. Bring your hearts before the Lord. And in his name, call upon him. Acknowledging your inability to care for yourself, how much you need him. Acknowledging your inability to live a holy life apart from his power, apart from his grace. Call upon the Lord in prayer. Also, call upon the Lord in faith. Trust him. Put your confidence in him. When it seems like you can't go any further, it seems like everything is falling apart, remember that the one who calls you has invited you to call upon him and put your confidence in him. Put your trust in him. But also in our worship, As we draw near to the Lord, we bring a sacrifice of praise, calling upon his name. We confess our sins before him, calling upon his name, because he is the one who forgives. He is the one who's gracious and full of mercy and full of compassion. So we call out to him, not to each other, not to some particular gifted person in the church. No, we call upon the Lord because all the grace, all the mercy, all the power flows from him. Even call upon the Lord, even as we hear the word, acknowledging that it's from him. How do you call upon the Lord as you hear a sermon preached? 
Lord, help me to understand. Help me to take this and not just merely add it to my knowledge bank, but to apply it, to live it, to walk it out. Lord, I call upon you to plant your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you, so that I might bear fruit for your kingdom. How do you listen to the word? Do you listen to the word preached, calling upon the name of the Lord? How do you receive a benediction? The Lord, in his kindness, blesses you as you leave, as you go back out into the world. Call upon the Lord, saying, Lord, I hear your word. I acknowledge it's from you, and I receive it, I cling to it, and I take it with me that I might walk in a blessed way, that I might walk in the way that you have established for me. Even in our worship, in every place, we should call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is our sovereign Lord who has graciously saved us, but not just us. Notice what Paul says in verse 2. He says, You are called to be saints with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. We call upon the sovereign Lord, who's reconciling and redeeming a people to himself far beyond the boundaries of our community. He is not just Lord of the west side of Indianapolis. He is Lord of all. And we acknowledge with all who call upon his name that he is Lord. He, the Lord, who has called us out of the world to be his communion, his assembly, his special particular people called into covenant with him in this particular place, but also his called out ones who are set apart for a holy purpose to serve God in their generation because Christ has set them apart for that purpose. But we're also, having been sanctified, called to be holy. And holiness means that we acknowledge that there is nothing within ourselves that makes us holy. It is all of God. It is all of grace. And we call upon his name, acknowledging that we need him. We not only need him, but he is worthy of our acknowledging him, for he is the Lord. God has made a particular special covenant with you, his people. He's called you here tonight to remind you that you are not alone. That God has a particular special purpose for you, his church, Second Reformed Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis. You are the church of God, set apart in Christ Jesus to be holy in your generation, calling upon the name of the Lord, along with all of your brothers and sisters scattered throughout the world. That is who you are. Before Paul goes any further telling them what they need to do, what they need to shape up, how they need to get rid of the sinner in their midst, and how they need to worship rightly, before he gets any further than that, he reminds them of who they are in Christ. God's covenant community. 
And he has set his affections on you. He's set his love on you. And how has he done this? In the Lord Jesus Christ. He has given you his son so that you can know his heart for his people. And if you want to know what God is like, what the covenant heart of the Father is like, I commend you to take some time this week and look long and hard in the eyes of Jesus because he is full of compassion. He is full of grace. He's full of mercy. And he has redeemed you. He will continue to redeem you. And he will bring you to the end, keeping you by his grace. Why? Because he's made a covenant with you. And you are his church. Believe this. Trust God's word concerning his son, but also concerning you, his people, because you are his called out ones, sanctified to be holy. Let's call upon his name now in prayer. Our great and glorious Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the reminder of who you are, a gracious and compassionate and kind God, who has called to yourself a people, assembled together to be your worshiping community, your new humanity in the world. You've called us and made covenant with us. You've set us apart to serve your holy purposes in our generation, in our city, and in this time and place. Lord, we thank you that it is by your calling us that we have been brought here. And Lord, having heard your call, having heard what Jesus has said about us, that we are set apart for a holy purpose and we are called to be holy as you are holy. Lord, we call upon you now in faith, trusting, putting our confidence in your son to lead us and to guide us by his grace. Lord, we also call out to you in prayer, acknowledging our need before you, how we need wisdom, how we need your loving and tender care to guide us and to step up uphold us and to establish us. But yet, Lord, we even call out to you in worship, acknowledging and ascribing you to you, the glory and the grandeur due your name. For you are a holy God who has worked mighty deeds, even in our midst, calling us out of the world into community with other brothers and sisters to be your special people in covenant with you. Lord, we want to worship you. We want to trust in you more. We desire to pray, calling upon your name, putting all of our confidence in Jesus. For he has saved us. He will show himself to continually be our Savior. And we thank you for your covenant promise to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.